Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 28th of May, 2020, week 12, I think, of uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing is uh, is in the house today, back from staycation, and uh, sitting behind the microphone. We're also joined today by uh, Bennett Kelly from the Cyberlaw and Business Report. Uh, Bennett's going to be trying to explain a little bit of, um, well, what the president is doing with Twitter. It's been one of those mornings where the only thing that's stopping me from opening the show with a five-minute long primal scream is respect for the audience, and I'm not really sure what iTunes would do with the file if I did. Um, From the president going after social media platforms to um, Google uh, and 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 a just a, a terrible terrible update where we're, we're actually seeing results from the core update uh, start to influence search engine results to what happened in Minneapolis the other day and just the uh, inability of um, social media to get over its divisive formulas, its divisive um, algorithms. Seeing uh, Mark Zuckerberg talk about um, go after Twitter over censorship when I don't know a single person who hasn't received a timeout from Facebook for expressing political views. It's Matt, Dave, I don't Am I am, am am I the one who's like crazy, or am I just being driven crazy? How, how you doing today, man? Oh, uh, see, I I think to begin with, I think you're viewing an either or, where it could easily be both. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what a day, though, eh? I mean, like it's a Wednesday that feels like a like 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 a Monday, and it's a Thursday. Oh so. my God! Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Hey, you're right. <laughs> So that's how blursy it's getting. Um, so no, it's yeah, memorial, the Memorial Day week. Uh, I don't. It throws is recovering off. from the from a long weekend that wasn't even ours to begin with. Well, that's that's certainly one of the the interesting things about our sector being on north of the 49th uh, is your your market. I, I I don't know about you. I tend to more take American holidays than I do Canadian. Not this time because I was coming back from a staycation, but. Um, but yeah, I just, Jesus sort of naturally do. And so I, I'm much more attuned and, and on the, the sort of schedule of, uh, of our American friends. Um, well, speaking of our American friends and being on their schedules, we actually, we got, we got a lawyer on the line right now. And, um, I really want to respect this man's schedule because you know, you know what these guys charge by the hour? Like, seriously, we got him on the line on hold. I don't know if the radio station's got the budget for this or not. Um, no, no, uh, joking aside, um, Bennett Kelly is the host of the Cyberlaw and Business Report, been a webmaster radio host for, well, honestly, goodness, as long as I can remember. Um, 
charges more than my hourly rate, I just noted. And um, <laughs> and he's here uh, in uh, on Webcology today. Thank you so much for joining us, Bennett. He's going to talk. We're going to talk about an executive order that has yet to drop, but is hanging like a sword of Damocles over Jack Dorsey and Twitter's head. Bennett, welcome to Webcology. Um, Thank I you. Hate Pleasure to be back. Hate to drop a big question at the beginning, but what's what's going on, man? Um, well, that is a big question, but I'm assuming you're talking about the executive order. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, so there was an, a battle between um, Twitter and Trump over um, whether or not Twitter can attach a tag um, flagging potentially misleading content posted by Trump. But um, let me back up a little bit. Um, Throughout the Trump presidency, there's been calls for Twitter to enforce policies against President Trump for since he in the many in several occasions has arguably violated Twitter's policy. You know, for example, such as when he threatened to nuke North Korea, um, that was seen as violating um, North Korea's policy. And I'm excuse me, violating Twitter's, Twitter's <laughs> policies. Yes, um, I, I imagine North Korea would object as well. But um, <laughs> and, and so um, Twitter was kind of in a bind and actually created. Um, policies for for public figures, and explain that you know they will um, take into account you know the, the the nature and role of the speaker. But there actually have been heads of state, for example, in Brazil and Venezuela, um, recently who have had um, content removed um, for making false claims about certain remedies for COVID nineteen, and uh, for example, so. Um, the week started with Trump um, posting allegations that um, former congressman and now MSNBC Morning Joe host um, Joe Scarborough um, had killed a staff person who died in his office um, when investigations show it was due to a heart condition. And um, Trump had been tweeting this theme, um, this kind of conspiracy theory for, for a week and the widow had actually of the woman had actually asked Twitter to remove the content, and um, Twitter declined. But then a week, um, a couple of days later, Trump came back and he started launching a um, tirade against mail-in ballots. And Twitter actually has a policy about protecting election integrity and um, preventing people from you know, making statements that would discourage people from voting. And um, so when Trump said, um, criticized California for sending mail-in ballots, um, they added a um, tag to it that said, get the facts about mail-in ballots. And it linked to a page that basically was a fact check to what President Trump had said. And they explained that the link was added as part of our efforts to enforce our civic integrity policy we believe these tweets could confuse voters about what they need to do to receive a ballot and participate in the election process. Um, the label didn't delete anything. And actually, if you clicked on the tweet, the label went away. Um, this sent made Trump apoplectic and, um, and he immediately threatened to take action. And so there's a draft executive order that's circulating 
um, that would do several things, but a lot of it is grandstanding. Um, Before we get into what's in the into the draft yeah. order, let's take a step back for a second and review. Now, you suggested that Brazilian President uh, Bolsonaro was uh, censored by Twitter. He had a, a tweet removed for yes. for uh, recommending medication that uh, was not proven effective against against COVID nineteen. Correct. Hasn't? Um, yes. I mean. <laughs> okay, yeah, Donald Trump, has, President Trump has, has 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 done that, but he didn't get censored for that, did he? No, he did not. Okay, um, and um, President Trump has put out false information about masks, and I mean, he, if I remember correctly, he was saying that the coronavirus was the flu and would just go away in a couple of months. So he didn't get burned for any of that. It was no. a tweet about um, the. Um, potential of voter fraud with uh, mail-in ballots. Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. And it's interesting because, you know, you, you, we were talking about Facebook. I don't think it may have been offline, but, um, you know, Facebook has been very aggressive about um, removing content that um, spreads false information about COVID-19, for example. Yes, indeed. Um, and nobody's been, um, I mean, I'm sure people have been frustrated, but no one has suggested shutting them down. Right. But I'm not sure if they've removed any content of the president. <laughs> okay, so how, if, if if President Trump was able to shut down uh, Twitter via executive order, how would he go about it? Well, I mean, one, he's not able to. It's, it's a private company. I mean, I guess he could send in the military or something to shut it down, or police, um, but that would be unconstitutional. So what he's done is more or less basically... Um, hit them in a couple of ways. One is this grandstanding and um, with an order that kind of attacks and suggests that they, they, they shouldn't have immunity that's afforded by a, a law passed in 1996 called the Communications Decency Act, which more or less immunizes platforms um, from speech on that platform, but also from their steps to regulate that speech on the platform. And um, and so what the, the, exec, the draft executive order that's been circulating does is um, it, it attempts to, it states a new interpretation of that um, provision. And that basically says that the you know, Twitter or social media platforms can only remove content if it's done in good faith. And, um, it call, and then he calls on several government agencies to enumerate what that good faith standard should be. Now, that is not currently the state of the law with the exception of one, a recent decision in in one circuit court in the United States, in the Ninth Circuit. So the position is not totally baseless, but it is not the prevailing state of the law. And so just stating that this is the government's position on how the law should be interpreted doesn't reverse years of case law saying something else. Um, so in some ways, that's a grandstanding position. Um, but what it does is it directs the Federal Communications Commission. Um, it tells the government to petition the Federal Communications Commission, which, it's, which is an independent agency. It doesn't, um, they are appointed by the president and they're Democrat and Republican members, but they are not, um, they, are not they don't, um, they're independent. Trump can't fire them. And okay. tell them what to do. So they, they make their own determination whether to act. And so it's kind of ironic because the Federal Communications Commission is the one that believed that government should have their hands off the Internet 
and decided to reverse the Obama era on net neutrality rules. But now Trump is telling them that he wants them to regulate the internet. And um, so that's one irony. Um, and it's also calling on the Justice Department to work with state general, attorney generals to see whether or not um, there should be uh, rules established in this area. So some of it, and, and also calling on another independent agency, which is free to act, the Federal Trade Commission, to potentially investigate Twitter uh, and social media companies for violating you know, this standard and for um, you know, censoring uh, you know, robust discussion. And so that is kind of the meat of what's being done. Now, the one area that is questionable is that um, it threatens the withdrawal of government advertising dollars, and it directs all the agencies to examine whether or not um, they should remove spending advertising on social media platforms based on free speech policies. And this potentially could be seen as, you know, um, really a way, a punitive measure to punish Twitter or other social um, media platforms for their views that they've taken, which are which may be protected by the First Amendment, um, you know, their right to free speech under the First Amendment. Okay, this is extraordinary. If um, if I remember correctly, and, 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 and I'm, 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 I'm a layperson, not a lawyer, but if I remember correctly, the Communication Decency Act of 96 um, is one of the foundational pillars that... Um, allows us as de facto publishers to sidestep the responsibility for um, user-generated content. Right. Because user-generated content, I put a lot of stuff up on, on, on uh, my website or up on uh, 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 my own version of Facebook. And obviously I, I, draw, I draw a great deal of response from people that some of it quite vile. And, um, if I was the size of Facebook, there's no possible way I could police all of those comments. And so they are sort of given a pass under the Communications Decency Act where a publisher would be responsible for what gets published in their media. The platform is not. Is that is that a correct interpretation? Um, well, uh, the current interpretation is, you know, a platform does not is not liable for what the other uh, third parties put on their, their platform. Okay, and, so. um, but the problem that this executive order creates, if you're subject to a good faith standard as, you know, in um, potential liability based on whether or not you remove content, you know, based on the Trump administration's position, um, what might happen is you may just, this may eliminate all, con all comment sections on every blog and newspaper in the country. I wouldn't run the risk. Absolutely. I'd, I'd shutter my comment section. I mean, I'm already wanted to because half of it's vile, but I would do it just because I could get charged suddenly. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's where the chilling effect is. It's not, it's on what it may cause um, platforms to do as a result. Okay. And, um, so the president often blusters, threatens to do one thing or another and doesn't actually follow through generally because, um, the Constitution doesn't actually grant him the powers to do what he said he was going to do. What's the case here? What? How much well, of this is fiction? How much of this is fever dream? How much of this is real? Um, well, we don't know because the, the there hasn't been a, a formal order issued, but there is a draft. And so this has been something that has been in the works. He has been 
you know, expressing concern or frustration that there's a, some claimed you know, conservative bias, you know, against you know conservatives on social media platforms, and uh, it, that it should be investigated. And um, so, um, but the fact is, is there's an executive order that's been drafted, so it shows thought has been given to it by you know Trump administration lawyers, and uh, it, it, it has a plan of implementation. So it seems to be this likely could happen. I mean, he's tweeted today that something's going to happen today. So my, my thought is this, this is real and will happen. Okay, so if we could just, I don't want to keep you too long, but if we could just walk through this for a second. If it does come down, executive order is issued, what, what are the legislative steps that have to happen for order to become law? Um, well, so it's interesting. An executive order... Um, is in the effect the effect of it is really more advisory and grandstanding uh, with with one exception so telling independent agencies you know or saying that the government should ask independent agencies to do something it's just merely you know them saying okay we're going to ask them to do something but we have no control of whether they do it so a certain grandstanding element um, having the attorney general consult with state attorney generals on this. Again, you know, they're free to consult. There's nothing improper about that. But again, it's, it is more grandstanding. Um, we're in, it's, it's saying that this is the Trump administration's view of how the law should be interpreted. Again, they're free to do that. And, you know, and court filings, you know, when this statute comes up, they're free to make that argument. But they can't reverse existing law based on their new interpretation of it. Um, the where it is going to have an effect, though, is the the investigations, and that that it may trigger, and the concern that this may now alter the potential liability landscape for companies, and they, and they may, as we suggested, you know, limit their exposure by limiting comments, um, and what it is going to happen, and what will have immediate effect. Is that to the extent that he's directing you know, his the various departments of his administration to potentially withdraw money from those platforms for advertising? You know that is something you know that the, he controls. You know, as the, the federal government, he's the the head of the executive department, and he can control whether or not they spend money. He doesn't need an act of Congress, and so that could happen. You know, he's asked them to act within thirty days. So you could see, and again, I don't know the numbers of how much the federal government is spending on Twitter or other social media platforms, but you could see a withdrawal of you know, funds and spent on those platforms. And what it really is, is it's basically, it's, I see it as a bullying attempt that hey, we're going to withhold money from you based on you, know, you re, not allowing me to spread misinformation on your platform. And, and that clearly seems to be something, you know, designed to punish them for them expressing their own viewpoint that this is wrong. And that would that would seem to me to be prohibited by the First Amendment. As a private business, does Twitter have the uh, right to simply limit service to uh, yes. Donald J. Trump? Yes. I mean, the, the thing is, is that it is somewhat it's a backwards and you know argument made by Trump. The First Amendment. Um, protects Twitter from the government and that and President <laughs> Trump. It doesn't protect President Trump from Twitter. You know, they're a private company. They're free to do what they want. 
And so um, there are there's there has been case law, for example, that malls, you know, public that a mall um, or other areas can be considered private areas can be considered a public space, and that you can't unfairly restrict speech in the public space. But there's no case law holding that a platform like Twitter or Facebook is such a is a public space, and so um, you know they're free to you. Know, um, decide what is said on their platforms. And uh, so In there's the a lot of concern on that. You just basically that this is going to be chilling speech and may force them to, as we mentioned, you know, re restrict ultimately lead to less speech when the whole policy of CEA to, you know, communications DC act 230 was to allow robust debate on these platforms. And, and you, know, you mentioned how important it is. I often refer to it as kind of the Magna Carta of the internet. Well, and it's a foundation. Yeah. And so without CDA 230, you wouldn't have these great forums. You, you wouldn't have unfriended 100 people this year <laughs> without <laughs> CDA 230. No, but you know what? I don't like what these people have said, but I really, 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 really respect a society in which they have the right to say it. Right. But I also respect a society that respects veracity and information and strives to, you know, inform its, uh, itself and its public. And this is a naughty issue. Um, and here, here's the other problem. Not. In imposing, there's been a lot of stories about recently about the problems of content moderation. Um, you know, there's been pressure, and particularly in Europe, I mean, Facebook, uh, in France, for example, requires that, um, you know, Nazi speech or certain hate speech be removed within a matter of hours. And um, so the, there's more pressure on these platforms to be able to, you know, review and moderate content. And we're, th we're talking large volumes, and the people who have to review this you know, they're reviewing some of the most vile stuff you yeah. can imagine. And they're, they're having, you know, PTSD as a result. Um, and so it's very, a very difficult thing. And now you're going to say they're going to be liable um, for reviewing this content if the in a way that if the government doesn't like the decision they made. You know, why would you do that from an economic point of view? You're already spending a lot of money to review this. And now you may have, you know, could be, potentially silly liable and have to spend lots of attorney's fees um, over it. I would just say, you know, to hell with this. So Twitter, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at all become, uh, go back to their natural roles as forums for pictures of cats. That's yeah. because really what's, what's, what's left. Eh? Well, that's what the internet was invented for anyway, but um... circle of life. <laughs> This is incredible. Um, it's it's terrifying and it's chilling. And I have one last question. Then, we, then we're going to have sure. to go to a break. I'm afraid. Um, how? And I'm I'm, I'm not asking how what the the legal outcome will be, but how do we get to a legal outcome on this? How does this get resolved, one way or another? Well, I mean, there could there could be. I would suspect that um, there would be an, a, a filing made by by Twitter or by you know free speech advocates to um, enjoin this executive order and say that it is designed to chill um, the free speech and on the internet. 
And uh, there's a possibility that a court, you know, could um, enjoin or, you know, um, require Trump not implement this while it's being reviewed by the courts. Which, and of course, so, ends in the Supreme Court. Yeah, which ultimately, yeah. But, the, but the thing is, you know, that could take months, um, and it's now May, um, and you know, Trump's term ends January twentieth. And it's on, you know, looking at the polling numbers lately, they have the, he may not be president on January twenty first. Indeed, somebody somebody will be president January twenty first, and either it's the incumbent or it's the new person who's elected. But but you got to get elected to be the president on January twenty first. You can't just sort of slide in there because there isn't an election. We'll see what happens. Um, Bennett from uh, 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 internetlawcenter.net and uh, Cyber Law and Business Report. Man, thank you so much for coming and trying to, uh, you know, shine some light on a, on a really murky and, and, and confusing executive order. Thank you. It's always a pleasure and good luck with the Leafs if they come back for the rest of the season. <laughs> That's what we say every year. Okay, friends, that was Bennett Kelly from the Cyber Law and Business Report. Um, Again, uh, thank you so much. We're going to have to take you. a break here on WebCology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the uh, 28th of May, 2020. On behalf of Dave, 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 this is Jim Hedger from Digital Media. Stick around. we got more content coming up after these messages. Sit yeah, tight great, and don't move. WebCology will be back after a short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. A flamethrower. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's the 28th of May, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. 
And uh, just wanted to, to, to let people know the White House is reporting that the executive order is still being worked out and it should be made public by the end of day. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that works out. And again, thanks to Bennett Kelly for, uh, for jumping in on us, uh, for jumping in on the show like that. I asked him like two minutes before we went to air. And so uh, <laughs> Bennett, Bennett's a dude. Wow, hey Dave, man. Yeah, that's just, that's just the first of the stuff we got to share with you today. <laughs> so why don't we do something? Why don't we do something a little bit uh, cooler? So we talk about some core values, or maybe a core update, or the introduction <laughs> of core values just after the core update. Just, but, so I was doing reports. It's, it's end of month. I was doing reports yesterday, mm-hmm. and I came across Google Search Console. I my first uh, encounter with Google core values. I mean, seriously, could you come up with a different uh, term at this time in our evolution, Google? Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't market your way out of a paper bag. But I thought, nevertheless, core values, uh, the metric is actually pretty cool. I am happy with this. Happy, what do you think, man? Have you, have you, have you had a chance to, to look, look, look under the hood here? I, I have. And it's it's funny. I, I've seen little little hints of it here or there. Um just or I think like I, I see the picture, like the screenshots, and then of course like mm-hmm. logged in and, and taking a look around, um, and and just something in some of the ways things were were visualizing. I'm like, I think I got this for like a bit, <laughs> but I, I might be wrong, right? Like a lot of things just kind of look the same when you're looking at a bunches of data across a bunch of different tools. Well, here's the thing, man. I know you've seen it before because you've used this tool countless times doing audits for your clients. You've used right. this tool. It's, 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 a, it's all stuff out of Google Page, page uh, Insights, PageSpeed Insights. It is, but the way they're laying it out, and of course, I'm talking as well about the crossover into, uh, yeah, page speed insights, but then the, the back and forth sort of nature between Search Console and it. But what mm-hmm. I found unique was the, and maybe this isn't a change, maybe it's just something that I've autopiloted through, and today I was paying attention um, to, to what I was doing. Um, but it just seemed to be a lot cleaner and, and clearer too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mostly thinking for, say, you or I. Um, and, and probably not a bunch of our audience, but I know for myself, and it was, I guess, I think it was Glenn Gabe um, had pointed out the, the little blue badge, which I had noticed in, in page speed insights. And it's like, okay, just to reinforce the clients, this is core. <laughs> like, this is your core vitals. This is what they are. And letting us know, like reinforcing does. Okay, this is what they're, like, when they call it a core vital, just the word vital. <laughs> should should pretty much tell you a little something about about how important this is. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is all making a lot of sense, but it's on the page. Like I, I love it in Search Console, but I face the reality that nine times out of ten, when I you know a, a new client is is calling, well, I guess it'd be a prospect at that point. Hopefully, a new client. Um, but when they're calling in, and I go, "Do you have Search Console?" Probably eight out of ten don't know the answer to that question or, or know that the answer is no, because they mm-hmm. don't know at all. Um, and then, and then of the two left, one of them won't have been in it in ages and won't quite know how to add, right? Like one out of 10, like 10% are actually getting in there. So I'm loving seeing it sort of push forward in the, in the core vitals aspect of it um, over on the insights, because it's a lot easier. I think a lot more people are more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it, because they've probably been run through it by web designers. Probably every SEO, just like I do, will send people a link to theirs and go, this is what you sort of need to deal with. Anybody yep. who's worked probably with an SEO has seen that at some point or with a web developer who, who's aware of that, that side of things. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm mostly liking um, that, that move over in the inclusion of this is what's vital um, being included over there. If for nobody else than us, like as an SEO too, I'm like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's what's vital, right? Like that's, that's what Google is viewing as, as vital um, or more. I, I like to think of it as like a, a little animal farmish, right? Like this is the stuff that's more equal than the other stuff. <laughs> like, now, important thing to note here, this is a uh, Google issued a directive uh, earlier today. And mm -hmm. um, then they called it a note on timing. And I'm going to read directly off of uh, off the Google blog, okay? Mm -hmm. We recognize many site owners are rightfully placing their focus on responding to the effects of COVID-19. The ranking changes described in this post will not happen before next year. Google, and we, Google, will provide at least six months' notice before they're rolled out. Google is, again, Google, we are providing the new tools now to get you started because site owners have consistently requested to know about ranking changes as early as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love it when Google writes comedy, eh? Um, but there's no immediate need to take action, they put in bold print. So this is stuff that webmasters have been talking, like, like you just said, Dave, you, you talk to your clients about this every time. This is an important metric. Page speed rocks in, in importance, um, and this and Google isn't saying that that page speed is the thing that's be, that's going to be measured six months from now or or twelve months from now. They're already measuring that, but a number of aspects around page speed, a number of metrics around um, how the site uh, behaves, both in the mobile and the desktop environment, are, are what's going to be are what going to be measured. And you know what this you know what it really means at the end of it all. We're going, to be able to, we're going to be able to credibly ask if time on site is a metric or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm just going to drive Google Ads crazy with that question from now on. Well, I, the, the thing is, they're going to end up having to say somewhere in 2021, yes. Um, and this is, this is based on a, a post um, that they did over on the Webmaster Central blog just earlier today. It was covered by Barry Schwartz, but you can go over to the, the Webmaster Central blog if you want to see it from the, from the horse's mouth. I sort mm -hmm. of saw it from Barry and then went over to the blog um, to, to read it right off, uh, right off Google's blog. But um, they're basically introducing algorithms. The, the blog post is called Evaluating Web Page Experience mm -hmm. or a Better Web. Um, so... Basically, they they are confirming in this post, and, and if you want a simplified version, uh, go over to SE Roundtable. Barry covers it really well over there. Uh, but basically, confirming that user experience is going to be measured and actually factored into the algorithm, like just just direct, right? Like none of this is it is it not? You know, John says yes, they do look at it in an overarching, you know, sort of algorithmic <laughs> way. But Gary says no, but he means it from an individual way. Here they're saying, we're going to be looking at the user experience and we're going to be judging it. <laughs> Good. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. They're obviously not going to tell us exactly how they're doing it, but they're going to be just basically looking at pages and judging whether they're going to satisfy the user. What I'm oh. really looking... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm going to say, but I've already seen how they're going to do it. See, I've, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in reporting hell right now because I got my end of month and it's the end of month at the... Uh, 
it's the end of month on the Sunday. <laughs> Hate end of month on the Sunday. Um, as the uh, on a week where there was a long weekend, so I'm in reporting hell because I just got way too much to do and not enough time to do it. Yeah. And but I came across this new metric, and I can't I can't just leave this sitting here without digging right in. So they're going to be scoring on an integers from zero uh, point one. Um, all the way up to, from below, sorry, 0.1 to above 0.25. Why they choose these numbers, I don't know. They could have chosen 1 to 100. They could have chosen 5 to 7. But they chose 0.01 to 0.025 because they did. I'm sorry, less than (laughs) 0.01 to greater than 0.025. Why? Because they did. And and, and here's the best part. (laughs) Less than 0.01 is the basic threshold for what they consider good. So above 0.01, whatever the hell 0.01 means, is bad. Or not so, is is medium. Medium good. Medium bad. Sort of in between. Goldilocks good. Above 0.025 and anything, we could be going up to 0.025. 0.9999999 ad infinitum for all we know, because we don't know. Anything above that is bad. And they don't tell you how far above it you are. They just tell you you're above 0.25. So we do know how they're going to be measuring it quite awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because as you're describing that, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what they're kind of doing. Like in the math, math, like, okay, I'm like, okay, if I was running it, the algorithm that I'm, I'm visualizing in my head is not the one that they like even quasi i've got this simplistic sort of like math running in my head going ah, okay i see what they're doing there kind of right i wouldn't want to describe it here but uh, it's like oh, okay you'd be using you know multipliers and dividers like this and, and basically you don't want to go past you know 0.25 or too far past it because now it's going to have too dramatic an impact but you don't want to go too low either because otherwise you're going to get people like goldilocks kind of like there you go it's a unicorn right it's just like hits it and so nothing else matters kind of stage of stage of things it's going to be really interesting i think where we're going to hit some problems and now i'm thinking as of right now i've got to contact martin split and see if he can answer some questions for me on on how this would work is um if we've got sites that rely very very heavily on rendering and on client side interactions and i'm referring to javascript sites there um with a with a heavy um you know, client-side interaction impact. I mean, they're already kind of in, in deep water, but how are, like, right now, there's already, uh, not deep water, but they've already got some serious challenges that they need to address. Um, but how is this going to impact them? Will Google be able to interpret what's actually supposed to be going on um, behind the scenes? <laughs> and, you know, and, and I can sort of see, uh, like, I, I've got uh, one of our, like, clients is, is heavily, heavily JavaScript in a very complicated environment, and I'm already sort of, as soon as I started thinking about this, going, oh no! Well, I guess we got six months to figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, I mean, like you got loading issues, you got load speed issues here, and uh, 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 you got user experience issues here. They're going to intersect with each other. Mm-hmm. But you're in, I mean, you're in a Java environment. As long as long as you're crossing your T's, you should be fine. It's fast, right? It, it is for for the most part. It, it is. It's funny. I like this. It, it, it's not perfect, um, but then most most aren't right. Like you, you end up having to load on a bunch of stuff anyway. You know what? We'll we'll have on like 
Jamie Albarico or something like that to talk about how and she's she's been on before. She was the one going, okay, you want one more kilobyte in? You need to find out which kilobyte you're taking out, <laughs> which I love. I'm like, yep, that's how this should be done. Uh, but maybe bring her on to talk about some of the the trials we'll be facing. But uh, I think we need to pay uh, pay for some airtime here soon or something like that. When you are on the phone with Martin Stett, would you do me a big favor? What's that? Make sure that uh, you you tell that you tell him to stay away from our sponsors, him and Gary <laughs> Ease and John Mueller have a new podcast. They got together, right? They do. They do. Yeah. Hands um, off our sponsors <laughs> or, or, or we'll have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard it yet? Have you, have you heard it in any episodes? I haven't. You know what? Like you, I've been I, probably because I took a bit of a staycation last week. I have been just in the weeds um ever since and i actually started in listening to part and i'm like i'm not paying attention i'm just gonna stop that right now and i'll come back to it it was it was listening to martin and i'm like no i actually want to pay attention to this i can't just keep it running while i'm working on something else so uh, no it's it's, it's good to hear, it's actually it is good to hear their voices um and it's it, it's fun to hear them interact with each other um i hope that they give out uh really actionable information interestingly they talk about their show being a web development show not as much an SEO show. So, um, again, I look forward to it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that the, the listeners ought to be aware that there's a computing podcast out there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 I bet you its, uh, it, it's hosts have been accused of uh, 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 misrepresenting Google more often than we have. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm pretty sure we should take another break. Um, a, before I say something else stupid, and B, uh, before we run out of time to take breaks here. Um, we are coming back with a bunch of fun stories. There is still a Google Core update. Uh, there is, what else do we got in the way of stories? Um, we got ads being thrown into places oh, they yeah. don't belong, all sorts of stuff. Tons and tons of stuff. But before we get to that, we got to take a break here on WebCology. So, my half a day, Davis, and B. Sucking and Marketing, as you've been always been here. WebCology, Webmaster Radio, on FM. It's the 28th of May, 2020. Stick around. More content coming up after we get Sit tight and don't move. WebCology. We'll be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webmasterradio.fm is now part of the WMR.fm podcast network. Evolving every day to meet today's demands. We are pioneers of podcasting, staying 
at the forefront of digital marketing, business, and entrepreneurship. WMR.FM enters the 2020s leading the way, expanding our spectrum of shows set to educate, entertain, and engage. We are the WMR.FM Podcast Network. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 28th of May, 2020. Um, we are in the 12th week, I think, maybe 11th week, 12th week of uh, a global the global uh, COVID-19 pandemic. One of the effects of the pandemic is everything. I mean, any live conference uh, has been um, postponed, canceled, or pushed back sometime into an, into a most indefinite future. And, uh, you know, the, one, of the, one of the big casualties here um, is um, a uh, fairly well-known uh, industry trade publication, Trade Reg, we know, called Search Engine Journal. They were just getting into having live in-person um, conferences. They're... Uh, they're not able to anymore. They were having, they were having, they were actually having large and small shows. Um, they were, they were really making the move to break into the sector. And, uh, this was actually, I think going to be their breakout year. If I remember if I, if I, if I got it right, Dave, and, um, they're, they were, they're having to regroup. eh? Oh, Dave, you're muted. Oh, now I'm not. <laughs> okay, so uh, SEJ is uh, SEJ eSummits. They're having to regroup a bit. Yeah, they are, and I think they've done a probably one of the. Not speaking against anybody else, but they've done a, a pretty good job, um, as far as I can tell. Now, you know, I, I may be biased, like I'm a writer for them and stuff like that. So it's you know, good disclosure. <laughs> you know, I, full, disclosure. full disclosure. I you know, I, I I'm an author for them. Um, you know, Mary works uh, on some of their social stuff and, and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, I, I am biased. If, even if nothing else, I just pay more attention to what's what's going on there because I, I see it all the time. Um, but I do like what they've done, and they've got a, an e-summit coming up on next Tuesday that's like a full day. And it's it's kind of a who's who, um, even including Jamie, um, who we'd been uh, chatting about earlier, Indeed. is, is going to be there chatting with another person we chatted about earlier, Martin Split. It's going to be, you know chatting about he's doing their technical keynote and bill hunt and you know lily ray like alan flyweiss is going to be there like it's 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 they've managed to line up a really good lineup for a for what i think is going to be a, a really really awesome awesome day bartos is, is going to be I, I could go on and on uh, right? like there's a it's great just, lineup. It's, it's a great lineup of speakers so um yeah it, it's it's going to be interesting to to sort of obviously i'll be i'll be watching it um and sort of paying attention and just hearing what you know it's it's in these 20 minute segments right like it, it's really really interesting because it's going to be this really really fast paced um you know sort of grab it all in and then they go you know have a couple of those and, and go into uh go into q a um oh and, and as mary just put a note on my desk jamie and alan are going to be doing a q a with a swear jar for charity I saw that. I, I saw Alan post about that, and I was thinking, good Lord, like somebody better go down there with a fistful of 20s because that thing's going to get filled up pretty fast. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, some charity or another is just going to be rocking it. Um, and actually, there's there's a fun one. If you go over to their um, the SEJ um, Facebook page, they're actually running a contest right now where you just have to place a gif of what you're wearing. Just going in just to view what other people are doing is just, just I mean, obviously, it's not actually what they're wearing. Like, Nava, I don't think, is actually going to be, um, you know, a Mandalorian. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to, to sort of watch. Anyway. So um, register for it. Uh, uh, I'm just trying. How much? How much is registration? Uh, it's free. Oh, it's price yeah. is right. I know. I know. That's that's exactly it. Oh, okay. I, I, Mary, just point out for the first ten thousand. Okay, for the first ten thousand, and then I, I want to correct myself. The price is wrong. The free <laughs> is a is is an amazing price, but for the speakers you're going to be seeing, speakers you're going to be hearing, um, free. I'm, you know what? Lauren and Lauren and company, good on y'all. But uh, 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 you could easily have charged in the hundreds for this easily. Indeed. Okay, so um, we got a couple minutes left here, and uh, something you put in the in, in into our ad care or our ad care. So sorry, our news uh, our news feed. Um, Google is um, sneaking ads into the carousel. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of sc- um, how. I mean, how for real is this? Uh, it's been it has, seen in the wild. It, it has been seen in the wild, where um, in the people also search for. We we've all seen those, right? Like you run a query, and then the, the people also search for box shows up, um, and they're dropping ads in now um, into there. I don't like it, obviously. Like, and I I love ads, and I I mean, I manage campaigns. I love anywhere where I can get ads in, right? Like, I mean, from a, from a, from a paid search standpoint, like my, my SEM hat on, um, I love it as a search user. Um, I I really don't like it as an SEO. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent other than the fact that I just kind of view it as scummy. And, and really I want Google to maintain, uh, a level of, of trust in the environment because that gives me a, a predictable place to market in. <laughs> as an SEO and as an SEM, I, I, I can't, I'm hoping this doesn't last long. I think in the short term, it might generate some additional revenue. I think it's a long uh, game plan. It, it's just a slippery slope that they're on. I understand they're trying to get extra, extra clicks. Um, I understand they're trying to boost ad revenue at a really hard time when they're, when they're taking their licks here. But I think they need to focus. You know, we've talked a couple weeks ago about their their forays into shopping and getting you know more organic into the shopping feeds, which of course is going to make it you know, populated and then you know get more more traffic into there. I think they need to focus more on on channels like that than than trying to jam in an extra ad here or there on on the existing pages. Well, I'm I'm inclined to agree, and and one of the uh, goals of the recent core update. And again, it's too soon to too soon to say with any certainty that this, that, or otherwise was was a goal of Google. We're only making observations at this point. Yeah. But one of the one of the things I'm observing is Google is trying to fit a bunch of different stuff into any given search engine result page. Uh, think of all the different types of search that Google facilitates now. I mean, from from image search to shopping search to uh, a local search to uh, paid ads to uh, uh, organic search, on and on and on and on, and uh, video search, what have you. Google's just trying to pack all of that stuff into <laughs> what used to be the domain of 10 blue links. Um, and now I think we have six blue links, six organic results in an, in an organic uh, results set, lots of advertisements, and um, lots of different types of uh, search object 
above where the organic search uh, 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 listings begin. And I don't think that was Google's goal for the update, but I think it's created kind of a uh, messy environment on search results pages. Yeah, it, it has. And I mean, it, it's funny timing because earlier in the show, we were talking about user experience and it being a big factor, <laughs> right? And, and it, it is, I, I understand what Google's doing. I understand their need for revenue. Believe me, I have that same need at a very different level than theirs. And I don't have shareholders who are like hounding me and I'm glad for that, but I would still trade that off for their money. But, um, you know, I, I understand their need to do things like this. And I understand that a lot of things are tests. They're just going to have to like sort of wait and see. But I, I think in this case, they may run a test that shows positive for, for their results, but the long-term slippery slope of, of injecting more ads here or there, um, I think isn't going to play well for them. When there are creative ways to do it, I have seen them do it where they go, oh, and here's our shopping results. And those are all paid. Great. But I put in buy blue widgets, right? And all of a sudden you're showing me a carousel of products. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And it's in a spot I'm used to seeing carousels show up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just sort of like dropping them into an unnatural place like this. I'm into the people also, you know, sort of considered, right? <laughs> like, and all of a sudden I'm seeing ads right up at the top. No, I, I didn't, I didn't consider clicking an ad, right? Like you've actually titled this in a misleading way. And I just, yeah. I, I can't see that working. Well, I'm making a prediction right here and right now for uh, use for listeners to expect a series of updates stemming from the one that happened this week. Um, Google doesn't commit failures. Google commits things and does stuff in stages. Um, the way I'm figuring it, a core update. Uh, and by the way, I wanted to, I want to touch on your algorithm article before we go off air. So so don't let me talk too long. Um, the way I figure it, a core update uh, 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 is planned months and months and months and months in advance, and they've tested the living heck out of it before testing it in the live time environment, which is the only place they can actually really test it. Um, but if Google, if it appears to be making a bunch of mistakes, chances are it's the first of a couple, the first of a series that are going to be introduced. That, that would be my best guess. Because again, Google doesn't commit mistakes. Google commits um, acts of sabotage by, by series, perhaps, but very rarely sabotage by mistake. Right. Right. And it's funny you say Google never makes mistakes. And I'm like, I don't know, Penguin. Right? Well, no, they make <laughs> mistakes. But again, do they commit a mistake? Do they yes, commit yes. themselves to to uh, Penguin? It took them, what, 18 months to correct their error, but they did. Yeah, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kevin Dury, uh, beloved SEO, is sick. He's in the hospital right now. Um, if, uh, if, if, if folks, if you guys are friends with Kevin Dury on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, wherever, just reach out and say hi to the brother. Um, please. I, 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 I would consider it a personal favor, and it would make Kevin stay. And anyone that makes Kevin's day has just done a personal favor. <laughs> okay, last thing we could talk about. We're gonna go to Dave. You published a thing about how algorithms work in Search Engine <laughs> Journal. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. It took us this long to get to it. No, no, no worries at all. Um, it was actually part of a, a longer series that piece um, on on different aspects of um, of search algorithms. That one obviously took. I mean, it's it's surpassed. It's forty one thousand reads. So obviously, it's. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, yeah, you probably got the lot. award this one. Um, yeah, I, I might do okay on, on this one. Um, but obviously, it's, it's an interesting subject. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll plug my own article. Um, so if you go over to Search Engine Journal, well, I've got a bunch of articles on there because the whole oh. series went out at once. But, <laughs> but how's it going? Uh, you got a seriously good plug from uh, Alan Blywife on Facebook. Yeah. Um, that, was, uh, that was quite gratifying to see. 
It is. It's always um, really, and I, I, you've gotten them, I've gotten them, and I've given them, but I, I, well, I like to think I've given them that I'm somebody that people would respect to have a, like, somebody give them a... Yeah, but Alan's got gravitas. But yeah, you get somebody from out like Alan going, yes, this was, uh, this was a good piece, and you're like, Okay, then it really was a good piece. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's, I, I know he's listening right now. Eh? So hey, Alan. <laughs> I know that might feel weird, buddy, but it is true. It is true indeed. Um, okay, you know what? We've got full clock. It is now top of the hour. Um, friends, you have been listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Dot, on Webmaster Radio. FM, part of the WMR.FM podcast network. There is more great content coming up on on Webmaster Radio. We're going to be back next week. In the meantime, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't touch your face. Don't spread your germs. Stay home if you possibly can. Read the uh, 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 read all the stuff you can on the on the, on the core update. Go to Google uh, Search Console. Check out Google Core Values. It's a new metric, and. Uh, we're bound to be talking about it next week, and we'll be talking to you next week. Stay safe. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without yeah. authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.